Happy to be here. My name is David Ebenbach, and I'm the author of eight books of fiction, poetry, and nonfiction, including my new book, How to Mars, a novel about a sort of absurd mission to Mars. This is the continuing episode of a series with David Harris Ebenbach, How to Mars. The series kicked off on episode 171. Now, David, I have to feel for the character who broke the, uh, the, the other fellow's fingers, you know, like, so why do they have this rule about no sex in space? Right. It's, it seems like an odd thing to have one rule and it's no sex in space. But the truth is there's a lot of danger, potentially. Uh, these folks have been traveling on a rocket with very little radiation shielding. So all sorts of genetic things might be going on. There's no way of knowing in the lower gravity of Mars, the much lower gravity of Mars, what a baby, would it develop bones correctly? Would the fluid be distributed correctly? Is it safe to give birth? They didn't send any gynecologists to Mars because they didn't think they were going to need to be worried about this element. So there really is this question of like, is this a safe thing to do for the mom, for the baby? And then also, there are only six people on the entire planet. Is this going to mess up the dynamics now that two of them are in this tight relationship with each other? And then in the book, as it happens, both of them left Earth because they wanted to get away from the stickiness of life and all the bonds and relationships that had caused them pain in the past. And now they're looking like they're going to be parents together. So even if there aren't mortal dangers, there are social and psychological dangers awaiting this couple, potentially. I won't tell you how it turns out, but there's a lot at stake. Nice, nice. Related to that are... Some of these people were already coupled when they left Earth. Did they, like, divorce or did they, you know, is the pregnant woman actually have a husband back on Earth? Ah, uh, yeah, I didn't, I, I was not as bold as the Mars One applicants. None of the folks who came were leaving families behind of spouses and children. Only the Mars One applicants were brazen enough to do that. These folks were all single in one way or another and mostly didn't have a lot of strong connections back on Earth, which is what I assumed most people would be who would want to do this. All right, right. Okay, cool. When we talk about going to Mars, there's like a bunch of like infrastructure that needs to be in place. Do you go into that or is it kind of like background? I would say a little bit of a mix, mostly background. But for example, I all these the domes that they live in have to be set up before they get there. And so I talk about how robots arrived before them and sort of put the, the dome together for them to be in. I talk a little bit about where their water is coming from, what kinds of devices they have to produce drinkable water and where they're getting their oxygen from. And I mean, one thing you realize when you think about living on Mars is it's pretty hard to live there. It's way too cold. There's too much radiation. There's not enough gravity. You can't remotely breathe the air. And so a lot of infrastructure does have to be in place. So my focus is really mainly on the people, but in order to make it feel real, I think a writer does have to think about those things. Do they ever come back to Earth by the end of the book? Oh, I don't know if I can get into that. Oh, okay. Well, we can say that for for later. (laughs) Okay. Would you call this hard science fiction or is this 
uh, mostly humanist and kind of avoid the science. Where, where are you at on that? I think it is mostly a sort of human-centered, character-centered science fiction. But as I say, you know, in order to make this feel real, there has to be some attention to some of the scientific elements. And in fact, I did find it interesting to think about how do you deal with some of the obstacles that would be involved. So a lot of my research was about that. What would you have to do? Where would you get your energy? For example, how would you handle food? And so on. So I do get into some of those elements. But for example, Kim Stanley Robinson in his Mars trilogy, I mean, he doesn't pass a, a rock without getting into the entire history of the geology of that rock. You know, nobody can step into a, uh, a vehicle without you understanding how the engine works. And that's, so he's got that emphasis and mine is much more on the, on the people. Do you think you'll send a copy to Elon Musk? I, I should, right? Uh, everybody, so the company that sends them, there is this place called Destination Mars instead of Mars One. And pretty much everybody assumes that I'm talking about Elon Musk. Truth is, I was not super aware of him as I was writing this book, but I can see what folks are talking about. And the, the book does include these this chapters in a handbook that the founder of Destination Mars wrote to help uh. them. And they're very strange and sometimes helpful and sometimes confounding and befuddling. And it is fun to think of Musk sitting down to write those chapters. Oh, that's interesting. So tell, can you tell me more about the, found, the founders? I heard plural there. Just one founder, theoretically. And we never get to meet him except through his chapters that he wrote, where he tells you things like why you're not allowed to have sex or <laughs> what, you, what you can't bring with you to Mars, which on one level is very practical, like you can't bring all your barbells, there's not enough, it's ways too much. But on another level is kind of profound, hopefully, like you can't bring that view that you had out, your, out of your window. You can't bring your sense of yourself that you have right now, mm. your alternate future that you were going to have if you'd stayed on Earth. He has a chapter on how to organize yourselves, you know, like what kinds of social structures you're going to need, how to handle the unknown, how to welcome to your machines is one of his chapters. And they do all of them range from the practical to the philosophical to the completely absurd. Oh, so this is like a user guide or something for the, for the occupants. Exactly. Oh. Exactly. Wow, wow. Yeah. It's a major player in the book is that user guide. Hi, uh, really happy to be here. My name is David Ebenbach, and I'm the author of eight books of fiction, poetry, and nonfiction, including my new book, How to Mars, a novel about a sort of absurd mission to Mars and the first pregnancy on another planet. And I'd love it if people sound, if they feel interested in this book or anything else about what we talk about today. Hop on over to my website, which is davidebenbach.com. I know I have a frustrating last name, but if you're on the website, you can see how it's spelled. davidebenbach.com. That'll tell you how to connect to me on social media. It'll tell you about all my books. There's a goodies page that has video interviews with me or playlists that I made to accompany my books, blog posts, audio recordings, etc., etc., etc. And how do you spell your name? Go ahead and say that for the audience. So it's David, D-A-V-I-D, and then Ebenbach, E-B-E-N-B-A-C-H. Great. Awesome. Having you on the show. Thanks, David. Thanks. This is great. Remember, we've got some good things to tap on in the podcast show notes. 
If you open up your podcast player, you will see text there that you can tap on that will take you to links that are related to things we talked about in the show. How cool is that? Well, hey, if you're listening on your laptop and you downloaded this from a website, go back to the website where you downloaded the MP3 and that will show you the show notes as well. This is the last episode in the series about How to Mars with novelist David Harris Ebenbach. If you're like my friend Ryan and you missed the first episode, go to your favorite search engine and type in Lancer Sci-Fi Thoughts How to Mars. 